0: Welcome into the Esports Network Podcast. We talk about everything and anything esports related. I'm your host, Kevin Correa. Of course, we've been delving this past uh, little few months or so talking about the Call of Duty League. And here joining us is one of the assistant coaches, one of the an- analysts for the team. He's a really big player in that in that scene. And let's welcome in Ryan Oldfield, a.k.a. Flux. So uh, Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm well, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I got to ask, do you you prefer Flux? Do you prefer Ryan? I know a lot of COD pros kind of go off and on with it, but what do you prefer? Um, honestly, call me Ryan because, Perfect. you know,
1: I, I used to compete um, back in the day, but I haven't gone by flux for a, a number of years. <laughs>
0: yeah. So No, I figured. I figured. Like, a lot of COD pros they pretty much go by their, their first names. Like, in case you guys don't know, Ryan is, is a former uh, European COD pro himself. Now, of course, like I said, analyst coach with Toronto Ultra, uh, working with, with them. Uh, in case you guys don't know who Toronto Ultra is, that's a, kind of a, a, that's a, wow, where you've been at the past few months. But they came in strong in the 21 season, won three out of the, or placed top three, and four of the five majors came in second at champs easily the second best team at the conclusion of this 2021 campaign and we have uh, the extreme pleasure of welcoming it, welcoming in one of the the primary kind of uh, information seekers on the team so ryan again awesome to have you on i, I gotta ask so you're your former cod pro last year kind of this season is getting started and what led to you kind of joining the toronto uh, ultra staff in like mid 2020 i want to say yeah, so I actually
1: was, um, they, they actually advertised the role um, online and uh, one of my friends actually linked me to it and I ended up applying for the job at the time I was working in London and um, I actually had some contacts within the organization from my, my playing career. So I, I kind of displayed my interest and um, kind of got through to kind of uh, a, an application stage where I was interviewed and I actually did some sample work, etc. Um, and I ended up joining the team kind of midway through uh, the 2020 season, which obviously was the inaugural um, CDL kind of first season. So um, yeah, that's pretty much how that panned out. Obviously, I have I'm kind of a hybrid. I initially was um, employed as a a data analyst, Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of collecting in-game data to try and uh, drive um, decision making and strategy within the game. Um, But I kind of uh, grown to become kind of an assistant coach because obviously I used to um, compete myself My my playing career kind of came to an end twenty fourteen at the uh, the Ghost uh, World Championship. So I actually competed for a European team, Epsilon at that event, Um, and then I kind of took uh, took some time away from COD to kind of concentrate on my university studies. And then um, I've kind of come full circle at this point. I've kind of returned to um to kind of Call of Duty, and it's it's really uh, an honor to be kind of and a privilege to be working like with such a talented team and. And be able to try and bring them to their best level if that makes sense
0: hey man, you did a great job this season i gotta say i think you you really probably made a lot of difference there but uh, i mean so between 2014 and and that 2020 season what were you really doing were you just kind of uh you know kind of uh just working on actual real life things or was it more still so focused on on esports and call of duty so n-
1: not really esports i kind of i Kind of came back to like I said, this was my return to esports. So prior to that, I was finishing my university studies. I actually have a degree in economics, um, and then I kind of worked in some different sectors. I kind of was working in finance for a bit, um, or in specifically insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of took so I did that for a couple of years, and then I kind of actually went travelling around the world. So um, I, around like Asia and Australia, and New Zealand. So you know, I kind of picked up some uh, some tips and tricks from there. I kind of which I would kind of bring to the team a bit as well. Some kind of more like life advice experience stuff. Um and yeah, like I said, I was actually working um in radio, but I like within like a, a, the data team within a radio station essentially and before coming back to esports. But like I kind of like my my passion for esports never really um ceased. It was uh, you know I'm a big big esports fan in general. I watch a lot of esports. Um so I it kind of just was a, a perfect opportunity for me to kind of um reintegrate myself in the in the, the scene.
0: Man, it sounds like <laughs> sounds like an awesome story, but man, I I, I want to delve into that a little bit later, or like maybe at a, a later date. I, I got to ask you now, right? So you return to esports, and you kind of become this. You, you fill out the job application, you get the call, you're hired, and you come on, and you become the assistant coach at some point later. Uh, what exactly uh, does your day consist of? Your day, your day to day activities. I mean, is it looking over games. Is it looking over strategies? And what exactly do you end up doing in your uh, day to days?
1: So my day-to-day responsibilities are pretty much mainly revolving around the team, right? So um, t- during in-season practice, we we typically kind of play six days a week, which so it's a quite full-on schedule, and we typically have like two two scrum blocks a day. So we're we typically playing for anywhere between you know five um, five to six hours a day. So um, I'm kind of responsible for being with the team and kind of w- watching from. Um, the kind of uh, the mini map and giving them tips and tricks or not tips and tricks or just kind of watching them play and seeing what we're doing wrong and t- strategy etc and also like i said i'm i was initially hired as a data analyst so i'm kind of collecting in-game data to try and drive decision making um, and strategy which can and and just evaluate performance in general can kind of work out what maps we're strong at and modes etc and where we need to really work on um So that's really my main responsibility is kind of with the team to just make sure they're uh, kind of playing at their optimal level, really.
0: No, I, I, it's perfect. I mean, the role of coaching right now in Call of Duty, just I don't think it can be ever overstated. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've been reading around, you know, the internet a little bit. I don't know if you really are interested in that, but you know, apparently some teams kind of put less of focus on coaching, others kind of tend to put more. And you, uh, I've seen like a lot of coaches are, are kind of becoming more and more, uh, you know, part of that, that that kind of squad. Do you believe that coaching nowadays is an absolute necessity if you want to hope to you know even sniff a championship?
1: I think it is a really big part of um, the cod scene at the minute because I think you know a lot of these players are quite young um, and they're kind of new to um, being in a team. And you know, for myself, I I draw on some of my experiences and the mistakes I made during my playing career. Um, and you know, I think coaching in general is is a lot of kind of personality management, and um, each player is different, and they 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 have their own specific way of receiving feedback or criticism. And it's just you know we it's just getting that message across that we we're, we're all here for the same goal and making us the most cohesive um, kind of good chemistry team that we possibly can be and that and that uh, kind of represents itself in different ways um, just you know from not like bringing what the knowledge we all bring to the team as well we kind of um, we we just work together and it's kind of we find the best solutions when it comes to it problems we're having in game um, and yeah I just think you know there's there's so much. that goes into coaching um you know holding players accountable and really being examples and almost like role models in terms of creating that team culture that you want your your team to really buy into because i think that's huge because you know these seasons are quite um you know it's a tough season long season and we're there we play a lot of games um and we really need to kind of manage the condition of the team and the players on a day-to-day basis and make sure that they're kind of feeling at the best and playing at their best ultimately. And I think uh, there's a lot of factors that go into that.
0: No, for sure. I mean, going into this year, uh, you know, Ultra was coming off a kind of down season in 2020. Uh, you guys, I mean, you know, inaugural season, you're playing online. It's kind of a lot of different changes happen to a young team. And it's kind of hard to focus sometimes. But coming into this season, you know, what was, I guess, what was the coaching staff's message to the team? What was the main focus going into the 2021 campaign?
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously we had some success towards the, the end of the 2020 um, mm-hmm. season. We actually won the Toronto Home Series. And we, we managed a top six placement at champs. So we had a lot of, uh, to build off like positives towards the end of the season. Cause we kind of started off slow. Um, but we just wanted to breed that kind of, like, I, said, I was talking about that team culture, uh, and make sure that, um, everyone, you know, even if the season kind of started out slow, which it ultimately did right that we were going to figure things out together. Um, and you know, I definitely had a lot of faith in the individuals that we had on the team, um, you know. Ter- uh, in- incredibly skilled um, and it always going to come because Call of Duty what it comes down to with the, with the talent level that's in the league right now it all comes down to how you operate as a team and I think teamwork is possibly the most underrated um, aspect really um, and I think a big cornerstone for us is that kind of cool calm collected communication and decision making that we've kind of we've tried to make that a huge cornerstone of our of our team as well because i think when it comes to high pressure situations that's what it boils down to it you rely on the level of your teamwork your communication and the kind of your your everyday kind of practice um uh, the level that you play in practice so you you fall back into that in those moments of stress in competition For him that was huge us we just wanted to create a cohesive unit that were you know and we are we are one i think we're one of the closest teams um we spend a lot of time together outside of the game uh, as well as obviously the practice within the game and i think that really represents itself within within our gameplay
0: no, for sure. I mean, that, that cohesiveness shined through this past season. You guys placing top three in at least four of the five majors, like like I said earlier, you won the second major, you know, outside of playoffs. I mean, really, in, even including playoffs, you know, top two is nothing to sneer at. Would you rank this a successful season or at least a season to where you mentioned earlier you could, you know, you know kind of build a positive kind of uh, uh, atmosphere around, even more positive than you had already had before?
1: Yeah, so I, I definitely think we've massively... Exceeded our expectations for the season. You know, if you if we're looking back, I think we'll look back on it with immense pride. You know, we we secured a second seed at champs, and then not only that, we went on to place second at champs. So we lived up to that seed that that we had secured over the over the regular season. I think obviously we claimed the championship, um, and we didn't actually place outside the top three from stage two to champs. Mm -hmm. Like we were, and I think that's the most that's one of the hardest things in cod, especially with the level of teams now and the and the, the talent level and the level of competition i think consistency is a huge um hurdle that you have to try and cross and i think the level of consistency we've showed we've we've shown that we are we're deserving of that top two placement ultimately um i actually think we could have probably done better than we actually did because the manner in which we were eliminated from kind of the last few majors and champs i think you know stage three we lost a game five series to phase um, stage four, we were reverse swept by Dallas in the elimination finals. Mm. Um stage five, obviously everyone's familiar with the the heartbreaking 4-0 reverse sweep against Minnesota Rocker, which was uh that was heartbreaking. That kind of wrenched our souls from our bodies for that mm. evening. And then the resilience that we showed to bounce back for champs and, you know, make this incredible run still all the way to the final. And we were in a position to win in the final. You know, there were a few maps that were just completely down to the wire the a couple kills or you know this famous 0.1 second diffuse mm. uh, if they went our way like th- that series could have been 5-2 to us instead of w- what you saw which was you know phase triumphing 5-3 but you know i have no qualms with the result obviously we, we look back and we'll be disappointed a little bit that we couldn't take our opportunities but you know phase were the best team across the entire game there's no question about that you know they they dominated from start to finish obviously they had their little um blip at stage five major apart from that they were in every finals um and the only one they lost was to us at stage two right so Mm. when when we were kind of the team that came out of nowhere and there was like 0.7 percent of people or like about seven people out of thousands thought that we'd even win win the brackets or win the tournament so that was a crazy um run and big for our confidence obviously and we managed to carry that into the rest of the season
0: no i mean just just i was there for that blip at major five man that was that was more than a blip that crowd went insane but uh yeah i I gotta ask you know like you mentioned the tough losses Uh, i mean after you guys kind of go through a tough loss i mean what do you take what do you tell the players you kind of just like you know kind of shake it off and you know think about the next thing coming forward or do you kind of just focus in on on you know what we did wrong now and and then for now we'll just you know we'll, we'll move forward from it what i mean what's kind of the mentality the coaching staff has in relation to these losses
1: yeah. So obviously there's a lot of review that goes into the losses, you know, figuring out why we lost the mistakes we made, what we could have done differently or kind of changing, you know, our strategies, our systems on certain maps and modes that cannot kind of make us better for the future. That's why I thought, honestly, that Minnesota Rocker series, like we lost 5-4, but I honestly think that was a good thing for our champs because we made changes and adjustments to maps that they kind of, um, they highlighted a lot of our weaknesses on. And I think it was the same for FaZe, To be honest mm-hmm. with you, you know, they lost to Seattle in one of the possibly the biggest upset in COD history, um, and they kind of revamped a lot of stuff. And they went back to the drawing board, and they came back, and they went lights out. They didn't lose a map until the fi- until they played us in the finals, right? Mm-hmm. So I think uh, losses, like the famous saying that you know, winning is teaching and losing is learning, and I think that that really rings true, because if you can take the lessons from the losses and apply that to your future um, endeavors, then I, you know, I think that's, that's absolutely critical um, for, you know, the success of the team. Um, And I think it's just focusing on the fact that, you know, you just have to stay as present as possible. You really, in reality, there's no past, there's no future. You just, it's just making sure that the players are as present and uh, in the moment as as they possibly can. And they don't carry forward with them. Those, you know, those bad losses, um, or they don't rest on the laurels of, you know, big wins because that—that's when complacency can come in. So I think that's hugely important as well.
0: No, for sure. I mean, um, I'm just curious now because uh, those losses kind of, you know, they kind of build you up to who, to who you are as you know, to be a better kind of player, better kind of team. But um, is—is is there like a, a big difference? I mean, I, there was a video of you kind of coming out uh, on comms with the with with the ultra. You're kind of like, hey, don't forget this is a nine game series in the final versus Minnesota, and you're you're kind of just reminding them, kind of tempering their expectations, be like, hey, stay focused, stay on target. Um, is there a big difference between playing in a nine-game series versus a five-game series for you guys, or is it all just like a, a marathon kind of thing? Right.
1: I mean, there is there is a big difference. Obviously, um, in a nine-game series, it definitely feels more like a marathon. Like you, in a five-game series, you know, if you get a slow start, the series can be over very quickly. Whereas I feel like in a nine-game series, you can ha- you can almost afford to have a slow start, and then you kind of. And kind of come back into it as you saw with you know phase came out pretty slow against us in the grand finals but as soon as they they warmed up into the series and they were at, they managed to reel off a few maps back to back i think um and obviously i think the fact that it's online it also creates uh, it's a lot more momentum based i think um than the online um era that we kind of participated in for a long time um so yeah i definitely think you have to kind of manage your energy levels and it, it obviously that was a standalone series for us at champs Mm -hmm. on the, that was the only um, series we played. Whereas, um, stage five, we actually had a series, um, prior to playing in the grand final. So it was more of a, even more of a marathon. Um, so potentially, you know, there may be of some fatigue on our part towards the end of that Minnesota rocker series, but, um, honestly they were deserving of winning that event. So I can't really, you know, I don't want to make excuses like that. That was the, the reason they go. There's a lot that goes into it, but, um. Yeah, it definitely is um, a different feel. And obviously there are four search and destroyers in a, a best of nine as opposed to only two. Um, so hardpoint is a bigger factor in a best of five, whereas in a best of nine, it's, it comes more down to your search and destroyers, and, which obviously is the strate- strategic mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it definitely it can produce different results.
0: No, for sure, and um, and I'm glad you brought up land because I'm, I'm just curious. You know, I, I imagine you're backstage or you're, you're in the team room, kind of looking at the game, not really paying attention to the crowd that much. But the last two events saw the the, you know, the big return of, of fans, and so from your perspective, what was the experience like? What were the players kind of saying about it? I mean, uh, did the USA chance annoy you guys at all? Because you know, from the outside looking it, I'm like, I can see how that can be very annoying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've got you know very mentally strong players so i I don't think the usa chance really affected us that much obviously we have a european team so Mm. um it's kind of kind of expected the crowd to be against us somewhat and we're european team representing a canadian franchise so we are very much the 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 outsiders (laughs) at, at these um u.s events right but um i think also the fact that you know across the season or at the events the recent events, anyway, we actually eliminated the fan favorites optics. So that added another element of the, uh, of us being kind of painted as the villains.
0: Thank you, by the way. Um,
1: are you an optic fan
0: no 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 goodness no oh. I'm, I'm i'm out here in dallas so i'm just like oh. Oh, every time optic gets shut down I'm just like well thank you that was you know a golf play yeah. very nicely done so <laughs>
1: yeah so we actually we beat them twice i believe yes. a ma- uh, major five and then we actually eliminated them a champ so um you know the crowd was not best pleased to see that so um that, they, i felt like the usa chance got louder <laughs> um you know when like minnesota were kind of um putting together some maps in the final. So um, honestly, it's, it, it, like I said, it creates more momentum uh, more than anything. Cause as soon as um, you know, one team gets, gets going in their stride and the crowds behind them and it's, it, it, it feels like you need something to stop their momentum. So um, it definitely changes it. And I, but that's the purest form of competition for esports. Really the mm-hmm. fans make the, the atmosphere and the competition so much more. And I feel like, um, I feel like, it just creates more crazy matches. Like the, the matches are crazier because the the fan, the fan noise and the, the, the both teams want to win so much. And there's so much on the line. It just creates these dramatic finishes that I feel like you don't, you don't really see as much in an, in that online um, format. Cause I, like, for instance, the map four against uh, Dallas, that raid hard point, which was just ludicrous. Like I've not seen a hard point finish like that with both teams mm-hmm. spawning close and just running to the hill and trading. And it just came down to, it just was crazy. It was obviously we were on the losing end. uh, We don't really want to play that map five, (laughs) but we were forced to and we managed to clutch up. So yeah, it just leads to crazy um, scenes. No, for sure.
0: For sure. Plus, I mean, you you miss out on the uh, the stage trash talk, which is always entertaining for fans as well. So yeah. <laughs> that's also a big thing. But I mean, now, you know, champs is over. Uh, you guys kind of are kind of uh, just, you know, sticking home, you know, hanging out with each other, being cohesive, like you said. Uh, so now looking forward, I mean, what will it take to topple a team like FaZe? Is it more than just momentum? Is it more than just, you know, looking over strategy and maps? What will it take, you think? Wow, that's a tough question i yeah.
1: mean yeah that team is i i think that team may be the greatest uh, collection of talent i've ever seen on on any single call of duty team they have from top to bottom they just have stacked individual skill and they're just incredible all of them are incredible at what they do but they also have great teamwork so that's why when we play against them i feel like it almost requires us to play perfectly um you know because we obviously have great talent as well individual skill and when we're firing and our teamwork is on point um we can, we can beat them. Um, but it's just extremely challenging. I think, you know, um, we, we obviously, before we did it at stage two and I thought we played almost perfect cod and then as a uh, the, uh, champs, we almost did it, but we just fell short on a couple things. Um, but the, yeah, when they're, when they're firing on all cylinders, it's so hard as you saw in some of the maps in the finals, they if they come out hot, they can just absolutely steamroll you and it, it make you so hard, it make it so hard for you to get back into the game. Um, but I think you know. I think it takes almost perfect teamwork, good communication, and uh, obviously you have to be have to have terribly skilled players as well um, that have that have the chemistry to kind of do the the required teamwork to to get over that final boss, which they they kind of have been all season. To mm-hmm. be honest.
0: I mean, you don't win some odd, what, three majors out of the season and, and not, you know, show up at champs. That's kind of how it goes. But I mean, you make one mistake and it just, it kinda, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to make that one mistake against FaZe. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a Dallas Empire family to say that. I'm, I'm, I just kind of cover them because I'm in yeah. Dallas. So I'm, you know, yeah. But, you know, I will say this, that, that series against Dallas, I was very impressed with the resiliency your team saw. I mean, just that was what uh, the third Matt five you guys had that entire, you know, champs insane to yeah. me. You guys, you know, went that far and you still kind of Came back clutched up and and, and kind of, you know, confirmed your seat into into the grand finals. But, you know, second, you know, top two isn't bad at all. You know, I I would take away top two and and a lot of great things. But I mean, looking forward to 2022 now, I mean, what is the big focus for you guys next season? I mean, I know it's kind of hard to visualize that now. You're still a few months off from from 2022. But I mean, what are your thoughts heading into next season?
1: Yeah, so... um... A new season, a uh, kind of a, a fresh start. I think, obviously, um, I think we have a special team here. So, um, I, obviously, I can't talk to, much to Rostermania, but, you no. know, I think you'd expect, like, some returning faces, obviously. Um, and I definitely think it's all about breeding that that team culture that I talked about and kind of helping the players learn the game um, and kind of figuring out the game together as a, as a team. And um, hopefully, you know, we can put our best foot forward um, at the at the early events at the beginning of next season because i think we have all the pieces um to do that and i think you know we've got um a special opportunity to kind of cement um this team potentially as you know uh, the the greatest european team of all time but also you know just one of the great um call of duty teams of all time really um so i definitely think we have an opportunity um to have great success next season uh, um at the at the ultra
0: no, for sure. I mean, personally, I, I hope we get a European event. I know you wanna. I know you're itching to get back home for an event sometime soon, right? I imagine it's got to be uh, for next season. A home series somewhere out in London would be nice, but you know, Canada is, it's not too shabby either. I'll say, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, love, love Toronto, Canada. Um, it's been awesome opportunity to you know live and work here. Obviously, we uh, it's been tough with COVID and one of the longest lockdowns in the world. But you know, we we're I feel like we're coming out of the other side gradually. So. It's um yeah, it's really hot right here. It's beautiful weather. So
0: it's better than I mean. Imagine out here is like hundred some odd degrees. It's like thirty some odd Celsius. So it's blistering hot out here. So i I'd, I'd trade you in a in a heartbeat. Believe it or not, I trade you in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah. uh, Ryan, I, I, can't mean, think, I can't think you're never coming on, man. Oh yeah, no worries. <laughs> it's a pleasure. But yeah, it
1: will be will be cooling down fairly quickly in uh, Toronto. Obviously the It has a pretty harsh winter as well. So we go, we go both, but um, yeah, honestly, um, it's been a pleasure and thank you for having me.
0: No, I mean, the congratulations on, I would say a pretty great season. So I wish you guys best of luck moving forward. I hope, hopefully next season we'll be talking about the new champion Toronto ultra, (laughs) you know, coming down. Let's find (laughs) out. Wish you the best of luck once again. So he's, of course, Ryan Oldfield, uh, you know, an analyst, uh, assistant coach for the Toronto Ultra. Second place there for the for for champs. Uh, Follow them on Twitter at Toronto Ultra. And Ryan, I believe your Twitter is RBOFLX.
1: That is correct. Yeah. just want
0: to make sure. And of course, uh, wish them best of luck. Wish you the best of luck. And thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. He's Ryan Oldfield, uh, assistant coach for Toronto Ultra. And I'm Kevin Correa right here on the Esports Network podcast. (laughs)